Good evening and welcome to Christmas Eve. We are so glad that you've decided to join us. You might be meeting where I'm speaking right now in Bowmanville or Pickering or Port Perry or Ajax. You might be watching because online is your site. You may be watching in another country or somewhere in our country. No matter who you are, where you're from, no matter your background, you're most welcome as we join not only this church, but hundreds and millions of people around the world celebrating the birth of Jesus. Now, if you've been coming to Sanctus Church for more than a year, you know something about me. You know that I love Christmas. You know, at Halloween, when I'm giving out candy, I'm also putting out the baby Jesus. We don't have one, not two, not three. We have six Christmas trees in our house, all differently decorated across the house. I have shared this before. I love Christmas decorations. I am anti-inflatable. Some of you know what those are. There's a Grinch side of me. There's a Scrooge side of me. My dream is to go by certain people's houses with a BB gun and basically shoot them all. By the way, if that's ever happened, it was not me. I've never done that. This is my dream that I don't talk about very much. I love eggnog. If you don't love eggnog, I don't know what the problem is with you. I think it's pretty epic. Yes, in my family, we hang stockings with care. And like I share every single year, it is my belief that every single stocking that is hung, the gifts in the stocking need to be wrapped. I don't understand how people don't wrap those. And I've also talked about the ongoing conflict between me and my wife on how many gifts you get Christmas Eve. I come from a tradition where you get one gift. My wife is way more generous than I am, and she gives two or three gifts, usually two. And of course, for years, because I was serving Jesus every Christmas Eve for the last 25 years, I had no clue she was giving our children two gifts, giving into the mob. I found that out later, too late. And even though I love Christmas, and I love everything to do with the nostalgia of Christmas, you could call me a Christmaholic, Last two Christmases have been not great. Actually, they've been pretty bad, pretty disrupted. We, like millions of others, during the COVID moment, moved. We bought this beautiful story book, Victorian Home in Port Hope, actually probably built the same year that this church was. And we were going to continue to restore it and steward it and live in it. We moved in November 2020. Within five weeks, we had multiple Christmas trees up and we had the reputation of that beautiful old house with the Christmas trees. In November 2021, uh, we bought this beautiful home, as I said, and then from there we built a brand new garage. In the December of 2021, there was a massive windstorm and our neighbor's 120-foot Douglas floor snapped 20 feet up and came down. We had literally just finished the garage. It took us almost a year. All our Christmas gifts were in the garage. And when the tree came down, it flattened the whole garage. And all the gifts basically were destroyed. I mean, what a scary moment. Thank God none of us were outside. If we had been, we would have been killed. Now, when the arborists came the next day, I didn't know this. They have these huge jaw, uh, jaws of life sort of machines that take trunks away. And so they were cutting up this massive, massive tree beside our house and over our garage. And I actually instructed them to go to the broken garage and take the jaws of life and rip open one side of the broken garage. And we formed a line. I'll never forget this. It was sort of snowing and it was sort of raining at the same time. And we were trying to find any gifts that had not been crushed. So we had Christmas, and it was okay, and it was difficult. This year, we did so much more work to the house. The house on the outside was painted for the first time in like 30, 35 years. And yes, for a second time, 
we built the same garage. And the garage was finally done. It was like after 24 months of work in our house, we arrived, we're there, it's fine, we're going to relax now. And I thought, this is going to be the year that our house is going to shine at Christmas. But then, as I shared with our church, my wife and children did a wicked thing. On Father's Day, they decided to give me a gift I did not want. I specifically did not ask for this gift. They bet a cat, and so now Moses, that's his name, is in our house. And now there is a threat to all six Christmas trees on the inside. And then 12 weeks before Christmas this year, suddenly and unexpectedly, this happened. There was a knock at our door, and a family from Toronto said, We drove by your house. We love your house. We love what you've done to your house. We want your house. And so we're moving. And yes, the price was great. Merry Christmas. But my heart is broken. I love the house. My wife is like, yeah, we're fine. So this Christmas, for the first time ever that I can remember, baby Jesus didn't come out on Halloween. We have four Christmas trees up and only one and a half are sort of decorated. And joy to the world. The boxes have come back again. And some of you are like, well, John, where are you moving? I don't have a clue where we're moving. We got a rental for six months, so at least there's room in the inn for now. And that story, I think, summarizes so much of Christmas for all of us. Joy, excitement, expectation, sorrow, anxiety, wondering, wondering. Now, as a church, we've been walking through Advent for four weeks We focused on hope and promise, waiting and prophecy, joy and peace, and anticipation. And tonight, like I shared, we join hundreds of millions, actually billions, celebrating the birth of Jesus. One of my favorite uh, things to do during this Christmas season is to listen to segments of Handel's Messiah. And Handel, of course, took part of his famous, famous musical or music out of Isaiah 40. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough place is made plain. Crooked is always the word that stands out to me. It's a great word to describe my heart and your heart and our hearts and our family's hearts and our worlds. We want to say we're not that crooked, but we are. If you want to know how crooked the human race is, just spend 10 minutes on Twitter. I mean, just 10. Um, an hour on TikTok, half an hour on Instagram, or actually, if you want to know how crooked we all are, just spend an hour in your own head. (laughs) Crooked means bent and twisted and deformed and contorted, out of shape, and it also can mean dishonest, unscrupulous, unprincipled, untrustworthy, and corrupt. Yep, that's the word, by the way. That's the human problem. That's the issue. Uh, The Bible calls it death. The Bible calls it trespass. The best way the Bible describes this problem is sin. It's actually breaking God's law and heart. I mean, Paul put it like this in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. All of us are under the power of sin. We're under the dynamic of sin. We cannot not sin. Uh, We're controlled by sin. As I shared a few years ago, I think on Christmas Eve, as one person wrote, if sin was the color blue, every aspect of us would have a shade of blue. In other words, all of us have a heart of sin. We're crooked. The most religious person listening to me tonight 
and the most unreligious and the most secular and spiritual and the kind and unkind and the wicked and the righteous, baby, children, teen, young adult, adult, those born, those dying under sin. And sometimes, especially as Canadians, we cry, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. Look at my neighbor. You want to see how bad they are? And I love how Jesus' best friend just said in 1 John 1, 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth just isn't in us. And yet, 700 years earlier, before the Christmas moment, the promise of Christmas was given. It was predicted time and time again that the one that would be coming would make things right again, would uncrooked the world, would uncrooked the human family. That, that this person coming would have the power to actually uncrooked the human heart. It's the prophet Haggai who wrote this in Haggai 2.7. God says, I'm going to shake the nations. And what is desired by all nations will come. I love that. People from all nations will want what this one person brings. I mean, we all long for the crooked to be made straight. That's why the famous Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the last verse goes like this. O come, desire of nations bind, and one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king of peace. I mean, who could do such a thing? Honestly, have you seen the world? Like, honestly, have you been on Twitter? Who could actually do that for everyone? Like, all sorts of people who can't even get along with each other, don't even like each other, would all want him? And he would be able to change and uncrooked all hearts? To the first Christmas we go, there's this moment with shepherds and angels. Many of you know about it. Luke 2, 9, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. And the angel said to the shepherds, listen, don't be afraid. I've got good news of great joy that is for all people. The night is pierced by the glory of God. In our honest moments, when we look at motive, family, neighborhood, cities, country, the world, night, not light, is the true state of the world. We're broken. Everything's just a little or a lot, crooked. But now God's light and God's presence shows up here in the middle of a field, in the middle of a farm, and if God would be willing to show up there, then maybe, just maybe, he'd be willing to show up, well, anywhere, including a human heart. Oh, the angel kept going in verse 10. The angel said to the shepherds, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that's for all people. Oh, we have nothing to fear when God moves in grace. Why? Because God has come to deal with the darkness of our hearts. Only if we, to use the old word, hearken, embrace the one that has the power to banish darkness, make crooked things straight. Christ, born in Bethlehem. That's why the angel says today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. I just want to stop because I know it's such a diverse crowd, both at our sites and online. It's so easy to say Jesus is Savior, but what is he saving us from? Oh, let me just unpack it. I did this a few weeks ago in our church. You know, death comes not in one form, not two forms. It comes in three forms. When we originally sinned against God, we didn't just get estranged from God or alienated from God. Literally, our relationship died with him. And then, of course, there's physical death. It's guaranteed for all of us. We're all going to die. And all of us who know death because we've lost someone knows that there's this no coming back moment. And then there's eternal death where you're separated from God himself. 
And then the second big enemy is sin. Not just sins, not all the bad things we just do. The inability not not to sin. And then, of course, there is the demonic, the kingdom of darkness. And so when Jesus shows up to make crooked things straight, he actually is going to overcome all three forms of death and forgive sins and give the ability to actually not sin anymore and overcome the evil one. He's also Christ, by the way. That's not his last name. That's not a joke. Maybe some of you think that he is. That's his last name. It's not. It means anointed one, Messiah, the long-awaited one, the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. And how do we actually know that he has the power to save? And he's the one that actually has the ability to make crooked things straight. Well, the angel says it. He is Lord. See, the angel wants the shepherds and all of us to know who's actually showing up to the darkness. And Lord isn't just king, it's God. The same God that walked with Adam and Eve, the same God that talked to Abraham, the same God that saved Joseph, the same God that wrestled with Jacob, the same God that met Moses at the burning bush, the same God that David sang psalms to, the same God that Solomon built a temple for, the same God that spoke to all the prophets, is now in the neighborhood. I mean, that's why it says that he's Emmanuel, God with us, not in a storybook way, not in fiction, not in mythology, not, well, we hope so, but not really. No, for real, for real. I mean, you want to know the power of Christmas, why Jesus was born? Just hear his best friend's most famous words. Some of you have heard this a thousand times. Some of you have never heard this before. For God, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in Jesus will not die, but will be given eternal life. Uh, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. Oh, but whoever does not believe in Jesus stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. That's why in the first Christmas it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, that's the angels, appeared with the one angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people on whom his favor rests. They basically cry out, glory. You know, we miss the scandal of this, especially if you have church history and you've done this for a while. Because um, a lot of Jewish scholars, let me just read this quote, understand this. When, when Jewish people, Orthodox Jewish people, read and hear what the angels sing, it's quite shocking and offensive. Jewish scholars, one right, have recognized the similarity between the song sung in the honor of Jesus and the song sung by angels to God in the Jerusalem temple. And the point is Luke is shifting our focus from Jerusalem to Bethlehem because the one who's worshipped in the temple actually is the one born in Bethlehem. So let it be once again proclaimed today, not just in this place, but in every place, in every region, in every city, that heaven continues to lovingly interrupt us and invites us to see God in the face of Jesus, who is the only one who has the ability to make crooked things straight. Now listen, I, I've done Christmas Eves my whole life, and I've preached them for about 20 years. I know tons of people here, are, you're here for different reasons. Some of you are here because you love hanging out with family. Some of you are here tonight because you got dragged here. You know exactly who you are. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> Some of you, you're here for tradition. Some of you are trying to find an old, safe thing 
because the world became so unstable in the last three years. And you're like, I just want to feel stable. Others of you are here because Christmas is a cultural thing. Others of you are here because actually you're a real follower of Jesus and you want to gather and worship him and be with those that also follow. No matter who you are, we say this all the time, whether you're a skeptic, you don't believe anything. Or a seeker, you're trying to find this out. Whether you are from another faith, you may be Jewish or maybe you're a Muslim or a Buddhist or Baha'i or a Wiccan or a Sikh. Or maybe you're spiritual or mindful. You fill in the blank. What you're hearing tonight is that Jesus is God in flesh. And he has the ability to forgive sin and save us from death, sin and Satan, and has the ability to make crooked things straight. No one else can do that. For you who feel lost tonight, there is one person that can lead you home. For you who are preoccupied, you're busy, consumed with life, there's actually someone worth your time. He has the ability to deal with worry, stress, fear, and darkness. Those things drive, by the way, your busyness and your escapism, and he actually can make those crooked things straight. Some of you are like, I don't need this. I'm satisfied. Well, I don't think you fully understood that there's someone who might bring a deeper meaning to life than what you think. But more importantly, he brings lasting satisfaction that transcends money, education, job, Age, stage, travel, looks, followers, influence, or even rights. We all know there's no guaranteed satisfaction in this lifetime. And so much will remain crooked. But actually the one who's presented tonight, celebrated tonight, honored tonight, thought about tonight, invited tonight, he's still doing this. Let me read this to you as we end. John 1, nine. the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which were his own. His own didn't even receive him. Ah, yet to all who received Jesus, to those who actually believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, husband's decision, or a human decision, or husband's will, but actually born of This Christmas Eve, whether you expected it or not, Jesus is in the room by his spirit. If you've never embraced Jesus, you might even have the title Christian, but if you've never said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I trust in you, and actually I I am going to give up trying to run my life or please God, just say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. I trust in your work. I believe you lived, died, rose again. I am inviting you to become my Savior and Lord. And that's when the crooked things will become straight. As I've quoted for the last few weeks, an amazing woman, pastor named Fleming Rutledge said, Advent begins where human potential ends. If you're not willing to give up your abilities to save yourself or lead yourself, you'll never find salvation. But if you do trust in Jesus... He'll change your life. And for the thousands of us across Sanctus gathering tonight who know Jesus and love Jesus, I just want to remind you, he's good. He's with us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's worth worshiping tonight. He's worth loving. And remember, as we've been saying this whole Advent season, he's going to come again. 
And he's going to make all things right. The crooked will permanently become uncrooked, crookeded in the future. All things will be made, made straight. So on this Christmas night, we join with the global church and we thank you. Thank you, Father, for sending the Son. Thank you, Son, sending the Holy Spirit. For those who have not met you, open their ears, their eyes, their hearts to see the beauty, the power, the kingness of Jesus. May they encounter him tonight. And for we who know you and love you, continue to give us faith and hope and help us to long for your second coming. This is what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.